I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, does any of this make sense? Or not? Got it memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Might even figure out what's going on, maybe. Uh, we sure haven't. Uh, this My name's Joe. <laughs> I'm joined, as always, by Wheels. We just got done recording part one of Hollow Bastion. Which we and we, ab- just didn't, we just didn't feel like we talked about it enough. We just you know, didn't feel like there was enough to chew on. You know, what's funny is the day we're recording this, um, the new Life is Strange game just came out today, and uh, I haven't played very much Sonic Mania, even though I picked it up. There's so many things, there's so many games I could be playing. But instead, you are sitting in front of your television, watching Kingdom Hearts play itself. <laughs> yeah, I, I watch the cutscenes of Kingdom Hearts, and then I take time out of my day to sit and talk about it. Where were we? So we just defeated... We just re- defeated Maleficent's persona. That's right. Um, and then I don't even think we mentioned that Riku shows up and mentions that, um, dumb. For yeah, he call <laughs> he he says she was just a, uh, well he, but more like Riku slash Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. Should we start saying they? A- yeah, I like that. Uh, so they say that she was just a um, uh, she was just a puppet of the Heartless that she thought she was gonna be able to control them, but really it was, uh, they were just using her, the Heartless that is. And then uh, her, like, cloak is sort of all that's left, and then even that disappears. After he, like, does a weird little putting out a cigarette motion on top of it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty much just some walking until we get into that big room at the end. Yeah, because Riku slips back into a darkness portal, and then Goof Troop keep climbing the tower, uh, and then they get into that uh, atrium slash sanctum chamber thing. Yeah, the uh, one with all the princesses in, in it. Yeah. Yep. Sora runs up the stairs. This is it. This is the scene I was talking about um, in the last yeah. episode about the best scene in this game. In probably all of Kingdom Hearts. Are you talking about when Goofy hits his head on a barrier and falls and gets separated? <laughs> I mean, no, that's a pretty good detail. Um, <laughs> I just I just like when Goofy gets hurt. Is that bad? Yeah, you're going to fucking love a part in Kingdom Hearts 2. I can't wait till we get to <laughs> <laughs> um uh, i think that scene is my favorite thing in all of kingdom hearts not i'm not even joking uh i'm not surprised <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry i just blew out my mic oh it's fine um <laughs> god what are some some key parts of this scene well riku, riku like descends into this room yeah well um, for all intents and purposes this isn't riku anymore they say it in in the scene as well of like i it is i Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. Well, well the Seeker of Darkness. Let's be specific. We, we, did we already mention that Kyrie is here? That Kyrie's, Kyrie's body is on the ground. There. That's uh, that's actually what Sora runs to, and where most yeah. of this conversation happens. It sort of realizes here because the uh, Ansem Riku says something like that girl isn't going to to wake up, um, and sort of finds that strange that Riku would refer to Kairi as that girl and so uh, just then realizes that he's not talking to Riku anymore yeah. and as you Whoever you are, give Riku back or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Um and then Riku Ansem Ansem Riku Seeker of Darkness mentions uh, something about the princess of the heart or Kairi being a princess of heart to which Sora is also confused of Kairi's a princess? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. Also, I guess I don't know how. Well, I have a, a lot of reasons how fucking uh, Ansem Secret Darkness might know where Kyrie's heart is. But um, for all intents and purposes in this game, I'm not really sure how he figured it out. Well, he says that he says that he could see that her body reacted when he when Sora approached her and mm. surmised from that. Okay. Um, 
he said like her heart reacted when you ran mm. up to her or something like that some good some good cause and effect uh testing hypotheses Kyrie's inside me is a good one as well um, <laughs> i just wrote fuck like in my notes there's just a big word that says fuck which i haven't done that since traverse town i don't remember why i did it um i hope i figure out maybe it's when donald runs in to try to attack ansem and also runs into a barrier because that's also a very good scene riku riku has uh has sora on the ropes and he's about to cut him open with that uh that very strange keyblade the keyblade of heart that we mentioned earlier and then sora hears Kyrie's voice in his head asking him to look out and that sort of gets him uh, energized again and he blocks riku's strike uh, with his own keyblade before that i think we missed the most important line in this conversation or actually it might be that when that happens is when he says lead me into everlasting darkness (laughs) that it's certainly a line hamming it up yeah the perfect five words everlasting darkness uh is then is is it then that the fight happens Mm -hmm. that is when a really really good fight in this game happens um Mm -hmm. i it's one-on-one one-on-one Sora v Riku, um, no items, no final items, destination. final destination. Yeah, no, I just really appreciate this fight a lot. Um, especially sort of the parallelism of fighting Riku on an, in mm-hmm. on Destiny, Destiny Islands, Islands, also yeah. on like a small raised circle. Yeah, I didn't even realize the graphical match there of this having it be the same shaped arena. That's cool. Chances are they just designed his fight around particular arena but yeah um yeah so that fight happens and um it, it feels weird to gloss over it so quickly but it sora wins that's a game yeah um, uh or if you're playing this on a ps2 um you fucking die and you watch this cutscene every single time Mm-hmm. and then you have it memorized then you finally win good job and riku sort of collapses and disappears into darkness again Mm-hmm. Sora can't seal the uh, can't seal the keyhole because the keyhole itself hasn't really been finished yet, as Goofy rem- uh, notes. Which like, good on you, Goofy. I didn't know you had that strong of a head on your shoulders, but you figured it out. I mean, he wasn't fighting, so I guess he was free to just watch and listen the whole time. It's fair, yeah. But um, I mean, I- I'm willing to give him some credit here. Eh, some credit, yeah. Shit. So Sora pretty quickly connects the dots about how to finish the mm-hmm. the keyhole. He's also, I guess, an idiot, because I don't know what he expected to happen other than what happens. Um, I think he expects... I. Who does he expect to seal the keyhole if he knows what's going to happen? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So, I, all right, so let's explain this cutscene in a bit more detail. I guess Ansem Riku left the Keyblade of Heart behind. Yeah. Um, which is weird, but convenient. So Sora picks it up, Remembers it's it's um the plot vital effect of it's being enchantment. Able to, yeah, it's yeah of uh, being able to unlock hearts, and then Sora I guess realizes oh Kyrie's hearts in me. I guess I can just pop it out, and so he tries that. He sort of turns it around and stabs himself with it. Gives a cheesy smile to Donald and Goofy, and then good news, bad news. This destroys the Keyblade. Which releases all the hearts to the princesses, all the six princesses in the room. Which is good. That's good. Um, it also releases Kyrie's heart. And Quite it goes good. back to Kyrie. That's great. That's what he tried to do. Bad news. Unfortunately. Uh, it also... This kills the boy. <laughs> <laughs> this kills the boy. Yeah, he just sort of fades away. Um, it's questionable because this isn't what normally it looks like when... It's interesting how, I guess, I, I don't know if it just sort of clips Sora's heart while going for Kyrie's because um, this isn't, like, what unlocking would normally do because he does yeah, become a heartless. I'm, but, like, the, the, <laughs> I'm willing to cut them some slack here because there's a lot that ain't normal about just the circumstance. So, the circumstance. to me, it doesn't, it doesn't seem very strange that the result would, uh, it, in and of itself, be not Mm-hmm. normal what we would expect for if a you, person turning into a heartless yeah if you get caught up on everything else that's fucking weird about this scene that's fine yeah Kyrie wakes up 
And right as she goes to catch Sora's falling body, he poof, disappears. Uh, as foretold, as the keyhole is completed, lots of Heartless start showing up. Which I... Do we... Is This isn't the keyhole necessarily for Hollow Bastion. It's the keyhole to darkness, isn't it? Isn't it, like, super complicated? Yeah, yeah I, I, I... My guess is that it's kind of both. Like, it does seem to be the keyhole for this world, but it also has some larger connection to the realm of darkness generally yeah because it has to be summoned by these people yeah um we should probably and, look and it into would that. make sense because because uh hollow bastions is i believe um in the sort of weird cosmology of kingdom hearts i believe um it's like hollow bastion is is one of the it's not it's not called the twilight world but there's like the realm of light and the realm of darkness and the then, twilight zone yeah the, and then there's the twilight zone in the middle and stuff like twilight town is there too i think traverse town even is in there um and i think mm -hmm. hollow bastion all, uh, also there's, fits there's that a couple category. worlds there yeah, there's a couple worlds that have that those weird properties um yeah so i guess it would uh, kind of make yeah. sense um it's kind of weird how they're lumped together in this game considering um, the keyhole in Hollow Bastion and Kingdom Hearts 2 not being that. Spoilers, but, um, details. I guess all yeah, the, all, I mean, all, all the keyholes are A lot of things change too. before, yeah. A lot um, of things change between then and Different now. keyholes. Let's, let's not get into fucking the meta-narrative of keyholes. Let's um, not fuck the meta-narrative. I agree. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, things aren't great for Sora right now. Yeah, Sora's gone, actually. Um, Goof Troop is again fucking separated, and now we need to come up with a name for Kyrie and Donald and Goofy. Um, is this Goof Troop 2.0? Goof Troop the Next Generation? Is that good? Yeah, this is this is the backing band for Kyrie Ray Jepsen. Too, too Goof Too Furious? <laughs> yeah, that works. I can't think of any good Kyrie jokes other than Kyrie Ray Jepsen. I mean, we had the one, and we... <laughs> yeah, all of my creative energy was spent on that. Yeah. So, Billy Zane appears in, mm -hmm. in, in full form for the first time, I guess. It's worth in saying. In full Ansem Seeker of Darkness mode. No, no hiding behind a little boy. And this is where Riku's redemption arc starts. This is actually mm -hmm. the entire arc, if you're not watching Final Mix. This is the only thing that happens. Uh -huh. Um, in which Ansem now no longer has a use for um, Kyrie or never had a use for Donald and Goofy, understandably, and sort of goes to finish him off, get him out of his way, and Riku, who's still in there somewhere, um, stops him and says that he won't let his body be used for this and them to run. In the game, we play as a Heartless for a little bit. Um, I forget. So yeah, so yeah. I guess the storyline bit of this is that when Sora beefed it, that he actually turned himself into a heartless, um, and so he's a little one of those little shadow ones running around, the ones you see so often. I forgot because I remember this as being like a super dramatic scene um, when I played through it, and it you know it it is a dramatic uh, sequence of things narratively. Like it's an interesting uh, turn. I, I had this weird, playing this again when I was in college, I had this weird, I it, I almost have to describe it as a Mandela effect now that it just means that, um, where I always remembered it being in Traverse Town. I always thought somehow really? his, his shadow made it to Traverse Town. It doesn't. Huh. You walk no. a really short distance from where it happens yeah. to uh, where it ends. Um, what I didn't remember is how darn silly it looks. Uh, the walking animation or running, I guess, for uh, should have worked on that a little more because you look like a cartoon. I mean, it, I guess it's not super important when you're just beating up a bunch of them. You're not paying attention, but when you're yeah. playing as one and nothing else is happening. And you notice the weird noodly thing your legs do. <laughs> flop, 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 flop. So, yeah, let's flop all the way to that room with the fountain again that we were in last time. Um mm. Because that's where we see again um, uh, Goof Troop, the next generation. We see them sort of hanging out. And actually, the, the cutscene part cuts pretty hard to Donald beating the shit out of Sora with his mage. Which is weird, <laughs> because at no point has that ever been how he handled the Heartless. Like, he has yeah. the magics. 
Yeah, but I mean, he, it's just it's just one. I don't mm-hmm. think he's that worried about it. Well, I mean, when have we seen Donald fight a heartless? <laughs> it's a it's very con- heartless. It's very convenient. Let's leave it at that. And yeah. um, they get surrounded by more heartless, but this one is sort of just standing next to Kyrie, weird like a puppy. Um, and Kyrie seems to be able to sense something from Sora in it, which. Is I mean believable because that's still Sora's heart in there I guess, um, mm-hmm. and I mean their hearts were pretty close for a while, and when confronted by the danger of all these other shadows attacking, Kyrie reflexively sort of tries to protect Shadow Sora and poof, the power of the Princess of Hearts light brings his heart back, and ultimately this breaks every fucking rule in the franchise and is the source of all the bullshit that happens. Um, Their love sustains him, Joe. Yeah, but I mean, their love is not going to sustain all the fucking sleep I've lost trying to figure out what the hell happens in Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) So. I also, in in rewatching this, was curious of like, why why can no one else do this thing that Sora can do where he's a heartless, but he's not bad? Questions. His heart is just so strong, I guess. Uh, Maybe. But I I mean that there's got to be another example. Beast is here, too. Beast is here. Um, he, yeah, because Sora's like, come with us. We're leaving. I don't know why we're leaving. I didn't seal the fucking keyhole. Beast instructs them to run because the Heartless are coming, and he has vowed to stay behind to save Belle. We get to basically just hard cut to Traverse Town. I don't know if they make you do anything to get there. No, it it is just a, it it's a cut to Traverse Town, yeah. Yeah, so we see Sora hanging out in this house with Leon Squallheart and... All your favorite Final Fantasy characters. Mm-hmm. If you're, uh, you know, like the the few games that are popular in the franchise, which is actually that's not even true because there's no ten characters, but whatever. And um, also, I don't think people. Well, ten would have been super new at this point, right? Even if, yeah. Uh, also, I don't think people even like Final Fantasy VIII. Really? I think people just like Leon. People like Final Fantasy VII a whole bunch, and then mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VIII was like really different, and they weren't into that. Then the creators of this game really liked Final Fantasy VIII. Um, mm-hmm. Or just, again, Leon. He's, like, the only one here. Yeah. Um, uh, they talk. I didn't seem to write down fucking anything. I think it's all stuff that we've confirmed or mentioned anyway. Is there anything important that you want to mention from that conversation? With, uh, with Leon. With Leon? Uh, it, well, it's not really. I mean, he he explains that the what we already did, that the... Um, the Keyblade of Heart was composed of the hearts of the six princesses. He explains that. Uh, we learn from... I don't know if it's actually in that cutscene or from, or if it's just from talking to the NPCs after the cutscene is over. We learn that the Heartless are overwhelming sort of the main uh, um, gummy ship way to Hollow Bastion. So they need to talk to Sid about trying to find another way in. Yeah, they need um, a different route. So Sid tells them that he hid a secret navigational piece in the waterway for safekeeping and then tells Sora to go find it. And he does. And uh, while we're down there, we get a nice little cutscene with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Which I guess, yeah, Sora mentions that story. Well, she does. She, she, she mentions that it looks like a light at the end of the tunnel, um, which uh, echoes back to the story we got in the last episode the last bit of hollow bastion um and then they have a little heart to heart i guess about whether you know like sora says something about how you know i looked everywhere for you but it turns out you're with me all along yeah we've been having Um, a heart to heart the whole fucking game yeah i get it and then Kyrie wonders like whether it'll really be the same between all three of those all three of the friends Riku, Kyrie and Sora. Of course not, that... Kyrie. Riku was fucking consumed by the darkness. <laughs> and uh Sora is like, "Well, I was falling through darkness once and <laughs> and you saved me." So, yeah. he he has confidence. Interesting detail that he mentions um the losing his like starting to lose his memories temporarily while he's gone. Um, not important in this game, but interesting in the long run. Mm-hmm. Also, I did look up and confirm that the scene that we were talking about before is not Final Mix. So. Cool. It's just uh, weirdly silent. So this is where everybody, this is where fan favorite Jet Monkey HD Gaming reasserts himself in the best way. 
and you might not expect here, like what, what's going on here. So um, he generally does a pretty good job of this for new listeners. This is Jet Monkey HD Gaming is the let's play the no commentary let's player who I've been who's no commentary let's play I've been watching to enjoy Kingdom Hearts one without um having to devote the time to play it for the umpteen millionth time again, which I would, but it just uh, speeds up the process of making a podcast about it to just watch it. Um, Generally, he's very good at, uh, uh, you know, when you're making a whole Let's Play, you're going to have to split the game up into several videos. And he's generally quite good of at least having some sort of downtime in between the little videos of his Let's Play. But sometimes it doesn't work out like that. And sometimes you just got to interrupt a cutscene. And when you're doing autoplay on the on the Jet Monkey HD Gaming Kingdom Hearts No Commentary playlist, that means you're going to see the first half of the cutscene, and then you're going to get his intro music, and then the cutscene continues. <laughs> so in this case, it's a very heartfelt conversation about whether or not, do you think it'll be the same between us? You know, after Riku... The darkness almost swallowed me, but your voice saved me. <laughs> that just has to fucking punctuate every cutscene in this game. I was, I was dead, Joe. I was dead. <laughs> oh my god. Oh God bless our prophet in these times. <laughs> Chat Monkey HD, who brings us. All good things. Whew. Oh man, you can always count on him. So yeah, they you know Sora Sora is optimistic because um you know he was being turned into a heartless of all things and 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 the connection between these three friends uh, specifically Kyrie was still able to save him. So he presumes there's still a bit of Riku in there and that um, no matter how deep the darkness, a light shines through. A light shines yeah, within. Just like the happens. story. Mm-hmm. I hate this next part, Joe. Me I too. hate this next yeah, part. Yeah, I, I wrote down. Um, well, actually, first they say our hearts are connected, and then my next note says sexism. Cause yeah, cause the scene is set up to be so. The story of like uh, there are a lot of stories where the sort of damsel in distress trope is like disempowered woman is like saved. And then the hero confronts the evil, as is sort of what's happening here. It sort of upsets the order. Usually it's like hero defeats evil, then saves damsel in distress. But sometimes it's like hero has minor victory against evil, which allows him to save damsel in distress. And then he goes on and defeats the evil for good. And a lot of the times in a story with that um, format, there will be some sort of conversation that 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 tries to uh, pretend that it's like all okay and that it isn't a sexist trope the whole time, even though it is. Where the hero, where the damsel will be like, "Oh, I, I, I want to go and help," and the hero's like, "No, it's not safe." And then she's like, "No, I, we'll be together. We can do it." And then he's like, "Okay." And then it's like their love saves the day, even though it's still kind of a gross storyline because through 90% of the story, the woman was um, captured, and that happens way too much in stories. But in this, it's not even trying to do that lip service to, like, equality, because in this, that conversation happens, and she's like, I want to come with you, I can help, and he just says no. Like, he just says no. You're too precious of a flower, and you can't do anything for yourself. Stay home. I'm pretty sure he says you'd be in my way. Yeah. He do- I mean, he's joking about it, but he says it. Yeah. Oh, boy, it's, Kingdom it's Hearts. It's a little dumb. I, the only slack I could possibly give it is Sora does kind of go off and never come back after this. Um... <laughs> Which I I think would be complicated from a storytelling t- standpoint. Of eventually they would separate and it would be weird. Um, sure, but there's that um, minor detail. Still kind of shitty the way it's played off. Um, but this is when yeah. Kyrie gives him the good luck charm that she has been the oath keeper charm. charm. I don't know when she would have found time to finish it because she hadn't finished it when they left the islands and she's been fucking catatonic since then. So maybe just now, actually, in Traverse Town. Yeah. Um, that I mean, that is the one that makes sense. But they give... So you get Oathkeeper, 
which is a really balanced keyblade, but not that useful at this point in the game. Um, mm -hmm. I have a tattoo of both keeper on my arm. Uh, it's super good. It's super it's good. cool. Super good design. Hell yeah. But um, then we get, I think when Sora leaves, we get this cutscene, which is uh, exclusive to Final Mix. It adds to, um, it builds up to the ending of the game and makes it less of a, not less of a surprise, but more sense connected to it. Um, we see, we yeah, it provides justification for the turn yeah, Riku takes um, at the end, and it, and it also I think continues to build to his actual redemption arc. But uh, so we cut to Riku in, um, as my wife said, the sunken place. Um, but I just wrote down the lyrics to Boulevard of Broken <laughs> Dreams here because he is walking a lonely road. Uh, I like it's just a black oh. darkness, and then basically a yeah strip of pavement that extends. Mm. I it's he walks a lonely road and it's the only one he's ever it known. Is. And I apologize for what the rest of this podcast is going to be now, but I did write down um I don't know if you could tell, you could probably piece it together. Um who is talking to him in this scene because it's all Oh, oh who is that? Oh, oh, Riku, it's me. Um I wrote down again, I'm sorry, but I I wrote down that this is where Riku meets his boyfriend. Um and uh, yeah he has like positive feelings for once because he all he really cares about now is like you know what this shit i tried didn't work i'm gonna go back to being friends with my he's before before mickey's voice uh cuts in we he says a weird thing where he says is this the afterworld yeah not after life or am i dead am I, that's a weird th am i heartless is this the afterworld is this the afterworld? I don't know. I just took note of that because that's a weird. I phrase mean, it, it wasn't like. voiced, um, so it could be a, also a translation thing. But I don't know. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, so that happens. It's pretty cool. Um, I guess this is also pretty important way later in the franchise too. Again, but um, for now, we are back to Bastion. Well, I mean, uh, to be clear of what Mickey tells him. Oh, is Mickey that important? Says that, yeah, he says that. Uh, well, Riku asks, like, you know, I'm says, like, I need to be able to see. So Riku says that he needs to see Sora and Kairi again. And uh, he's wondering if they're still out there. And Mickey says, like, basically, look in your heart. You know, you know this to be true. But the yeah. positive version of that, that they're still yeah. alive. And um, man, a lot of references to that scene. huh? And that's true. Yeah. And um. We he also mentions that he has the keyblade from this world, which is yeah, interesting. Mickey does, yep. Yeah. Oh, I have the keyblade, Riku. Everlasting darkness. And <laughs> he also gets this weird vision of Sora like Baywatch running towards him. Mm -hmm. Um, which is I don't remember why, but it happens. He mentions uh Mickey mentions that what they're gonna have have to do is that the door is going to be opened and they're going to seal it but they're not going to be able to go through because it needs to be sealed from both sides yes and then he continues to walk the lonely road yep the only one that he's ever known that's the one uh so back to bastion we see i guess beast pretty quickly my notes are my notes are not very detailed yeah, um, well, because my notes are a joke, because my <laughs> notes are a quote, and I don't rem remember the context of the quote. It says, maybe you're here for the same reason I am. Maybe it's fate. And then I wrote, maybe it's Maybelline. But I don't <laughs> remember who said the actual quote and to whom they were saying it. Oh, wait, no, that, that was that was from the Riku scene. Sorry, actually. Oh, yeah, Mickey says that. To yeah. Riku. Yeah, so we're back to Beast, and uh, he, he tells Goof Troop that... Um, he thinks that that Bell stayed at Hollow Bastion on purpose, not that she was like held against her will, but that he thinks she had to do something there. Um, and then Goof Troop like do a lot of fighting up the uh, Hollow Bastion Tower again, uh, and mm -hmm. then arrive at the room with the Princesses of Heart, who in an unvoiced uh, just a text cutscene, I guess, tell them that they stayed. Uh, to hold back the darkness that is now pouring out of the keyhole. Then they step into the keyhole, the and they get into a strange, gooey zone and mm -hmm. fight a big thing. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, but I mean, before this, I guess we do see Bell in. I guess you mentioned the other ones, but um, Bell is in the library. 
gives you an, a, a keyblade in final mix um oh i don't think that comes up quite or maybe that does come I up there don't, i don't know i mean timing yeah um but yeah they go into the gooey the gooey keyhole and fight a behemoth it's a weird boss battle that seems kind of it's one of the only boss battles in this game that feels like oh this is just here because the game wanted a boss fight here yeah, it's, it's just, there, and it feels like Cerberus, and you fight, like, ten hundred more before the game is over. Yeah. It's... That's the shitty part. <laughs> I don't mind yeah. it so much in this big room. Um, but yeah, so you fight that. It's not too noteworthy. But then it's time to seal that keyhole. Wait. No, not really. Let's go outside. Mm-hmm. And we hey, talk look, it's to... our favorite Final Fantasy friends. It's all of our favorite friends. They tell him that uh, Hollow Bastion was there, was originally... It was a... It was a different world then, but it was their home. Well, it's the same world, but it was very different. It used to be their home. Um, and that if, if Sora were able to defeat Ansem, that their home as well as Destiny Islands would be restored. Uh, all of and, the worlds that have been yeah, damaged in this calamity. Yeah, all of them will go back to the way they were. Um, and that would also mean that the walls between worlds would be uh, restored, making it uh, meaning it's a bit of a bittersweet conversation because it means that um, once Sora does what he needs to, that these new friends um, will have to say goodbye because their worlds will now be separated uh, because those walls don't allow for weird gummy ships to travel through, and they only did once Heartless ate those walls up. Yeah, this is a weird conversation for me, and I don't know if we can talk about it in this episode. Yeah, we've talked enough about gummy travel recently. Well, not not even that, just as far as I don't know if everything they're saying is true, but um, as far as what actually happens, oh, like whether the worlds are restored truly, mm-hmm. yeah. But we'll figure that out. So now he goes in to seal it. Yep. Uh, what even? There's not a lot here. There's just the princesses tell him that that he sealed the darkness here, and that's great and all, but the darkness is growing elsewhere, alluding to the next, the next world. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then Aerith gives you. Of the rest of the Ansem reports, well, uh, through through uh, number ten, which I think is the rest of them. If you're playing the normal version of this game, that is right. So I think this stuff becomes available when you beat, or like once you get Oathkeeper and are free to roam the world again. I think that's when you have access to all the things I'm going to talk about. But um, regardless, there's sort of some end game, almost kind of post game extras you can do. Um, we never did talk about sealing the Olympus keyhole. Uh, there's not much to say. It's really just after four of the cups, you can get the yellow trinity and move the block from the very beginning and seal the keyhole. Um, but this also includes um, the Hades cup, which um, you fight Hades. That's canon. You beat up there's Hades. Some, uh, there's some cloud strife being a, a brooding brooder. Yeah, yeah, you fight cloud. Um, it's There's... Little things here and there, but nothing too important. Pretty much all of the stuff in the Olympus worlds are weird because it's canon, but optional as far as beating the game goes. Yeah. Um. But after you beat the the final match of the Hades Cup, actually isn't Hades. Hades is like in the middle somewhere. Um. You fight the Rock Titan from the movie Hercules, and then there's an extra gold match, which is the Ice Titan from the movie Hercules, and then the Platinum match, which is the and maybe the hardest fight in this game, I'm not actually 100% on that, um, is our good old friend Sephiroth, um, who you can... You fight him one-on-one, I believe, just as Sora. And in the final mix version, you get uh, answer and report 12 for beating him, and also a nice cutscene of um, Cloud and him sort of fighting and flying around in the midair, very Advent Children-esque. Um, I, would, I would say it was worth it for the fight, but I didn't have to fight him, and I watched it. So, yeah, <laughs> hard to say. Um, there's also an optional boss in the desert of Agrabah called Kurt Ziza, which everybody um, Kurt Ziza sounds like the name of a baseball player. Yeah, well, fun fact uh, that actually is named after a person. Like I don't oh, remember really? the. I think it was some sort of contest. Um, ah. where whoever won it would get a secret boss named after them. Their name just happened to sound like a boss in the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> game. Um, Kurt Ziza. I, Kurt Ziza. Um, if you beat him, it's actually a really interesting fight just as far as it requires strategy. But um, you beat him, you get answer report number 11. Um, there's a secret boss in Neverland that doesn't give you shit, and it's annoying. 
Um, it's called The Phantom, not played by Billy Zane. And uh, in the final mix version, exclusively, we have a secret boss fight in Hollow Bastion called The Unknown. Um, this cutscene's pretty interesting. Um, the uh, It's pieced together with voice acting from the rest of the game, except for, like, two lines that they had someone fudge it to pretend to be Sora. Um, <laughs> and the bad guy doesn't have any voice. It's just on the screen. Um, but he, they, it, he's in this black cloak, um, very sleek, and they ask if it's Ansem, and it's like, oh, that name sounds familiar. And then he looks at Sora and says, you remind me of him. Don't know who that is. It's a mystery. He also says that Sora is not complete. And then if you fight him, he goes away. Um, it's not. He also what he uh when he goes away, Sora asks him who he is, and then he says, "I am but a mere shell," or something like that. Does he? Yeah, he says something along those lines. Oh, I'm but a mere husk or a mere shell or something like that. And then he disappears, and that's when we get answer. Report. It's basically a teaser for Kingdom Hearts two. Yeah. Um, and it's but it is kind of canon uh because we do actually get this referenced in kingdom hearts 2 final mix so um barely it's you might as well pretend that sora doesn't remember it but that's when we get answer report 13 so now that we've covered literally everything up to the last world of the game and we have all 13 answer reports guess we're gonna read through those and then all right talk about them shotgun all right so who starts I can start. Okay. And I think we're and I think we can agree there are a lot of things in here that are frustrating to us in the full context of what makes sense in the Kingdom Hearts franchise, but we'll just talk about them. I in... I learned I I oh I haven't mentioned that I watched back cover finally. Um, oh, okay. Questionable. It was good. It raised questions though. Back cover being the um I know we mentioned this on an Ansem report, so maybe people skip that. Back cover is like the uh, cinematic version of the story from Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key. Mm, yeah, and it's it's pretty good. Um, it does pose a lot of questions. It really ties into some stuff with three and um, and uh, unrelated to that, I ended up doing some reading and figured out something that. Uh, it feels like a cop-out. I like our idea better that we came up with, but I, I, I think that there is a canon reason on why we're frustrated about ah. these reports. Um, and me just saying it's a cop-out, you can probably guess what it is. But um, <laughs> let's let's do these. These are right. these are Ansem's reports, uh, 1 through 13, and then we're just going to go back and forth. Number 1. Much of my life has been dedicated to the pursuit of knowledge. That knowledge has guarded this world well. Not a soul doubts that. I am blessed with people's smiles and respect. But though I am called a sage, there are things I do not understand. I believe darkness sleeps in every heart, no matter how pure. Given the chance, the smallest drop can spread and swallow the heart. I have witnessed it many times. Darkness. Darkness of the heart. How is it born? How does it come to affect us so? As a ruler of this world, I must find the answers. I must find them before the world is lost to those taken by the darkness. Number two. It is my duty to expose what this darkness really is. I shall conduct the following experiments. Extract the darkness from a person's heart. Cultivate darkness in a pure heart. Both suppress and amplify the darkness within. The experiments cause the test subject's heart to collapse, including those of the most stalwart. How fragile our hearts are. My treatment produced no signs of recovery. I confined those who had completely lost their hearts beneath the castle. Sometime later, I went below and was greeted by the strangest sight. Creatures that seemed born of the darkness. What are they? Are they truly sentient beings? Could they be the shadows of those who lost their hearts in my experiments? Number three. The shadows that crawl beneath the castle. Are they the people that lost their hearts, or incarnations of darkness? or something entirely beyond my imagination. All my knowledge has provided no answer. One thing I am sure of is that they are entirely devoid of emotion. Perhaps further study will unlock the mysteries of the heart. Fortunately, there is no shortage of test samples. They are multiplying underground even as I write this report. They still need a name, those who lack hearts. I will call them the heartless. 
Number four. The Heartless appear in groups and are multiplying rapidly. I provided them both living and non-living samples. They've responded only to the living. They seem to multiply after absorbing something from the living creatures. Their prey vanishes without a trace. I believe the Heartless are taking hearts. They are born from those who've lost their hearts and thrive on hearts seized from others. The hearts taken by the Heartless become Heartless themselves. Though I lack proof, I am confident in this hypothesis. I must also study their behavioral principles. Though they lack emotions, they do seem to have some intelligence. How to communicate with them? It just occurred to me. Could they be the darkness in people's hearts? Really? Just now? Okay, sure. <laughs> Ansem's Report 5. To study the heartless behavior, I picked out one for observation. It wiggled its antenna and, as if sensing a target, headed deep into the castle. In the deepest part of the castle, its antenna began vibrating, as if searching for something. Suddenly, a strange door appeared. I'd never known of its existence. It held a large keyhole, but it didn't seem to be locked, so I opened the door. What I saw on the other side mystified me. What was that powerful mass of energy? That night, I observed a great meteor shower in the sky. Could it be related to the door I opened? Number six. A massive core of energy lay beyond the door sought by the Heartless. It may be the ultimate goal of the Heartless, but what is that energy? I have devised a hypothesis based on my observations of the Heartless. The Heartless feed on others' hearts, and they yearn for that energy core. That thing beyond the door must be a heart too, the heart of this world. There is no proof, but having felt that immense energy, I am certain. That was the heart of the world. Are you just going to fucking make that decision now? The Heartless are trying to take hearts not only from all living creatures, but from the planet itself. Planet? <laughs> okay. But what do they mean to do with the heart of the world? Number seven. I'm studying material from the meteors that rained down that fateful night. What a find. The material is foreign to our world. It is elastic to the touch, and when two pieces are combined, they bond easily. None of the records even mention such a substance. Was it introduced to this world when I opened the door? I wonder how many other such materials drift through the atmosphere of this tiny world. I wish I could soar off and find out. Could there be uncharted worlds up there? My curiosity never ceases to grow. But I should stop speaking of such unrealistic dreams. For now, there's no way to venture outside this world. My people and I are but prisoners of this tiny place. Number eight. There's no doubt that the Heartless are deeply connected to the people's hearts. Further study may unravel both their motivations and the mysteries shrouding the heart. As a start, I have built a device that artificially creates Heartless. By recreating the conditions that spawn the Heartless naturally, I should be able to produce them artificially. This device is the culmination of all my research thus far. The machine's test run successfully created a heartless. This may be a step towards creating a heart from nothing. The artificially and naturally created heartless showed nearly identical traits, but the two types remain distinct for the purpose of the experiment. So, I will mark the ones that are created artificially. Number 9. Simply astonishing. Today I had a guest from another world. He is a king and his vessel is built of the material that composed those meteors. He called the pieces gummy blocks. It seemed that my opening the door has opened a path to interworld travel. We talked for countless hours, but one story in particular caught my interest. That of a key called the Keyblade. The Keyblade is said to hold phenomenal power. One legend says its wielder saved the world, while another says that he wrought chaos and ruin upon it. I must know what this Keyblade is. A key opens doors. It must be connected to the door that I have opened. Number 10. Just as people have hearts, so do worlds. The same can be said of stars in the night sky, and deep within each world lies a door to its heart. The heartless desire those hearts. Born out of darkness in people's hearts, they seek to return to a greater heart. Yes, that's it. The heartless come from people's hearts, as does the darkness. Is the core of the world's heart the world of the heartless? I will pursue the answer there and become all-knowing. My path is set. I shall seek out the wielder of the Keyblade and the princesses. Where the fuck did you learn about princesses? My body is too frail for such a journey, but I must do this. I will cast it off and plunge into the depths of darkness. So that's... Yeah, that's, that's, that's the stuff before Final Mix. And yeah, definitely seems to end with what we know of Ansem so far in this game. But uh, let's learn some nether dumb shit. So this is number 11. Opening the door to a world's heart causes the walls to crumble. These fragments are seen as shooting stars. This explains why these gummy blocks can travel freely to other worlds. 
I know the catalyst of this collapse, the appearance of the Heartless. However, it will take time to search out the world's doors and retrieve each heart. Furthermore, the doors can be locked using a keyblade, making the heart forever unattainable. I must take actions before the wielder of that key appears in this world. If the princesses and the keyblade are connected, they should resonate. I've chosen a girl. I don't know if she holds the princess's powers, but I will find out. She may lead me to the key bearer. I shall set her free and observe. That sounds pretty fucked up. Number 12. The body is gone. The heart should have returned to the heartless, and yet nothing. This one is unlike any other. Its, its memories remain, and it has yet to take the form of a heartless. A close eye must be kept on the situation. Much is still unknown. To get to the realm of darkness, one must go through the doors of Kingdom Hearts, the place where the world's hearts connect. Beyond this world is a place in which darkness reigns. Details shall be archived in a separate report. Okay, cool. There are many worlds in existence, some of which we know nothing about. The world in which we live, the realm of darkness, the realm of light, and the world in between. Wherein lies true nirvana? That's a weird question to ask, sir. <laughs> okay. This is number 13, the final one. Where does the body go when it separates from the heart? If the soul remains within the body, is it still considered to be deceased? When the heart returns to the heartless, the physical form disappears, but that is merely true in this world. Perhaps the body exists in another form in another world? If that is the case, then it is possible for one to exist in two worlds. A being that is neither darkness nor light, belonging nowhere, abandoned by its heart, a mere shell of its former self. The relation between the heart and the body is complex, however, I'm certain that if yourself exists here, then by definition, the other cannot truly exist. The other, the one which does not exist, shall be dubbed nobody. Woo! We did it. Hooray! So... Is general uh, arc of this is a really weird dude named Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. Who continues to get weirder and creepier as yeah. time goes on. Studies more about the Heartless. We get I, I think I think a lot of the details about um how gummy travel and that sort of thing are attempted to be explained explained in the uh in the final mix answer report and it kind of does help with you know how the heartless gobble up those walls between the worlds um we learn that indeed the keyholes are sealing the heart of the world which you know we've already mentioned on the show but this is where we get the definite um like description of why that's the case they're sort of drawn to it um and then we get some weird stuff in the end uh that uh links to stuff in kingdom hearts uh, well, in pretty much every other Kingdom Hearts game after this. Yeah, pretty much, except for Birth by Sleep. Yeah. Um, there was an interesting note, and I think... What was it? No. Are you talking about the one where he talks about the difference between the emblem and the natural Heartless? Yeah, and how he marks them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because some of them have the emblem of the Heartless and some of them don't, which they're called Emblem Heartless. So that all connects pretty well. All um, the ones with the Heartless emblem are artificially created yeah which is a tiny detail but a good one yeah i I, I like yeah it's interesting lore stuff yeah this opens up a lot of stuff we could probably nitpick and talk about um in our next final mix in some report which will probably be i mean just after this game's over we'll probably do one yeah Um, okay well that covers it that was a lot of stuff um it was uh, well, first off, you should follow um, the Twitter account for this show, which is MemorizeCast um, on Twitter. And you can also follow me on Twitter uh, at Ghost of Joe. And then you can listen to my other podcast called We Are Watching One Piece. Uh, you can find that on iTunes, it's on SoundCloud, wherever you want to find it. It's just me and my friend talking about One Piece as we watch it, or as he watches it, because I'm caught up. Um, and I think that is all I have to plug. All right, so I I am looking in a crystal ball right now, trying okay. to figure out when this episode comes out. I think that this episode that we were recording in August will be released on September the ninth. Uh, sorry, sep- yeah, September the nineteenth. If I am correct, 
<laughs> if you are, are a human listening to this and or you know whatever species you are and you look at this i don't know if we're talking way in the future where there's some sort of sentient dolphin creature um you look at your little pod catcher and if it's past the date of september the 18th uh the year of our lord 2017 then the new season of very random encounters will be out so vre very random encounters is a tabletop rpg show i do with some friends where we rant we use random generation to uh spice up the game as much as we can and we're going to be playing a very fun and silly and spooky game called call of cthulhu that takes place in the hp lovecraft universe we're taking out the insanity mechanic because it's weird and gross and doesn't actually make the game more fun so we're taking that out but otherwise we're playing call of cthulhu and um i can already tell you my voice for my character is very good and you should go and at least listen to that and then keep listening because it's gonna be very good and spooky and silly and fun it's called very random encounters the call of cthulhu season that sounds good um so that was um a lot of side shit that was us reading all of the answer reports in this game and most of all that was bastion <laughs> got, got it, it. memorize we were together